your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLuckO and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is much appreciated. We love your support. And as always, you'll always stay tuned for any new episodes. And you'll also be able to catch up on any previous shows you might have missed. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's episode, I wanted to talk about a couple of different topics. We still don't have any Jets hockey until Thursday, which will be tomorrow evening against the Montreal Canadiens, I believe. So until then, we had a couple of different things I wanted to cover. The first involves the captain, Blake Wheeler. We'll discuss his current condition as well as what it will mean for the lineup going forward. And then I also wanted to cover some suggested line combos for how I think the Jets should approach the next few weeks as they roll into the postseason and what I might like the Jets to do once the playoffs actually arrive. The final few minutes, we'll talk about some observations from tonight's Manitoba Moose game, which will be against the Belleville Senators. Before we talk about any of the baby jets and whatnot, let's start off with the present situation with Winnipeg. So, Captain Blake Wheeler has been announced that he will be out indefinitely. Paul Maurice has indicated he may have some sort of a concussion. In one of the games this week, he actually took a bit of an elbow to the uh, like the left cheek, I would say. Um, it was against Ottawa, and it was like a... It's not exactly like a dirty, dirty hit. I certainly don't think it was intentional, but it may have shaken a few things inside Wheeler's head. So, unfortunately, the captain is going to be sidelined until they know for sure what exactly is wrong. I think my biggest concern with this was that he was playing through that concussion for at least part of the game. If it wasn't a result of that contact from that that particular game and he's actually had it for longer, then it's even more worrying because he's had a number of hits against him that might not have been very great for his recovery. So all in all, I didn't want to see him playing through a concussion. Hopefully he didn't really do that much. Actually, I think most of all, I'm just hoping he's not concussed, period. Um, That would be great for the captain, certainly great for his health, and, and the team doesn't really want to lose him. You know, whatever his on-ice impacts are, all that stuff aside, he's definitely a really important voice for this team. And whatever's ailing him, we certainly wish him a very speedy recovery. Um, What it will mean for the Jets in the meantime is that they're going to have to make do without him on the first or second lines, which the Jets can actually work with. If I were the Jets, I would be thinking about promoting Matthew Perot into the top six, uh, or, you know, if if not Perot, then maybe Mason Appleton and moving Perot to the third line. I'd personally prefer... Perot getting one of these deployments, I think he's very good. He's shown that on the fourth line role that he's been given, he's still dominant as ever. And if you can give him some genuine skill players, I think he's going to continue to produce at the level that we all know he can, which is, you know, certainly a high-level playmaker, somebody who's very comfortable grinding in the corners. He's made a lot of really great defensive reads, some really great interceptions and forced turnovers. I, I just feel like his forechecking game is a near-perfect fit for what some of the top couple of lines could use when it comes to space creation, offensive scoring opportunities, and a little bit more of a craftier boost in the corners. 
If Appleton were to get the nod instead, I don't think anyone would be too upset. Appleton's very good. He's very direct. He likes driving towards the net and the crease. He creates a lot of havoc, and he's got a pretty decent release. The third option that you could also use is, is of course, Andrew Kopp, who is no stranger to getting deployments on the first and second lines. He's shown that he can keep up, and is a bit like Appleton in terms of his approach of crashing the net and also being very defensively responsible. Although I will say that, you know, Kopp and Lowry this year probably not as good together as they have been in the past. If you shift uh, either Appleton or or Kopp up top, though, I do think things are going to be fine long term. I, I would imagine that the top six would get a nice transition and defensive boost which is not too bad. As far as Wheeler's injury is concerned, I just don't really know how long this is going to sideline him, and I do wonder if the Jets now start to think about making a, a trade deadline move for some kind of a forward. As far as any other moves are concerned, I would imagine that Janssen Harkins is going to draw back in. This does mean that the fourth line is probably going to struggle a lot more. You know, Harkins is a decent winger, but I don't know about him trying to carry Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis. Lewis on his own is okay. He's certainly not like an offensive force, but defensively speaking, he's like fine enough. I just wouldn't really rely on him for a whole lot. Harkins probably needs a little bit more of a play driver to be the one to carry his unit. Um, and Nate Thompson is Nate Thompson, you know. We know what to expect with him. He's a fourth-line center who doesn't really have all that much to offer other than just being a gritty veteran presence who can occasionally get into the right positions. And sometimes what's funny about him is that he does actually seem to know where he needs to be in terms of attacking positioning inside the offensive zone, but it's not at the level where you would see him consistently doing a lot of really great things. And certainly on the penalty kill and in, in certain situations where he's in the defensive zone, he really struggles. So... Yeah, I think Harkins, Thompson, Lewis, probably not a unit I would want to trot out there too much. But Veselainen and Gustafsson are currently kind of tearing it up with the moose, so I'm not really inclined to bring them up into the taxi squad because I don't even know if they have to go through like a quarantine process really quickly. But if either of those guys is just there for like, you know, fourth line minutes, I wouldn't really want them to give up their, their top line roles with the moose. I think the Jets will be fine without Blake in terms of their on-the-ice performance. You know, Wheeler is definitely at the age where he's not really capable of keeping up as much as he used to, and unfortunately, I think his absence is going to show that this team's probably capable of handling really fast countering squads a lot easier with him out of the lineup than it is with him in, just because when you have him in the lineup, he tends to work on slower lines. If you don't have to worry about accounting for a lack of foot speed, in this case, I think you can shift, you know, Stastny back to center if you need to, maybe move Dubois back out to wing. Either way, I think the Jets have plenty of options to try and balance these lines a little bit better, I would say. Um, you know, and, and like, this is no slight against Wheeler. I just think at his current age, he's definitely past the point of being like a really strong, even strength play driver. His distribution when he's in the right spots in the offensive zone is definitely needed, but there's also times where defensively, he's just not really able to read and react to the situation as fast as some of these other guys can. Now would be a good time for him to get some rest, heal up, and maybe come back a little bit faster and a little bit stronger. Or if he can't really play the rest of the season, then he has to just rely on his teammates to really carry the load, and I think they can handle it. This team has weathered plenty of injuries in the past, and I don't think now is any different. With all that said, the Jets will have quite a few lineup decisions to make, and in just a little bit, I did want to talk about a couple of their options and maybe think about some of the combos that might work best for the Jets in the upcoming you know, playoff run stretch and in the actual postseason itself. Before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. As you can imagine, I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Winnipeg Jets once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. 
You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or trade rumors. No topic is too big or small for Locker Room discussion sessions. You'll have a chance to chat with me, other fans, and guests, all in real time. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL all using the Locker Room app. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started and I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once Locked On Winnipeg Jets is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast, then by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Bilt Bar. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market. Their original lineup includes 12 delicious flavors including raspberry and mint brownie as two of my favorite starting points, but you really can't go wrong with any of them. Peanut butter brownie is great, coconut's awesome, banana bread is great, whatever you're in the mood for, Built Bar has you covered. Like any great company though, Built is not really content to rest on its laurels and is back and better than ever with six brand new flavors including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. As delicious as all of these flavors are, and I've tried all of them, they're fantastic, they're even better for you. With most Bilt Bars clocking in at around 200 calories or less, between 50 to 19 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're low sugar, low calorie, high in protein, and high in fiber, so they're perfect for keto diets as well as weight loss and weight maintenance programs. To place your order, go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, don't forget to use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. You know, just a few minutes ago, we were talking about Blake Wheeler being indefinitely sidelined with potential concussion-like symptoms, so obviously that has a lot of ramifications for what the Jets might look like over the next few weeks. I personally think this is a great opportunity for the Jets to start experimenting with some lineup changes that might actually yield really great benefits, but before I give you some of my thoughts, I thought you should know a little bit about why Locked on Today needs to be in your daily podcast rotation. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes or less with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Rakowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now for the moment you've all been waiting for, my hottest takes on what the Jets should do with their lineup when it comes to the uh, upcoming playoff run and the actual postseason run itself. The first line is, for the most part, pretty okay with Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers together. I think that that unit doesn't really need to be touched. You know, you've got Ehlers and Shifley who work very well together. Kyle Connor is a natural-born finisher. And Ehlers is probably the only one who can really carry both Shifley and Connor when it comes to trying to clear the defensive zone. And don't get me wrong, Ehlers isn't a defensive expert by any stretch of the imagination. He's very much an offensively gifted player, and he probably has some measure of defensive impact more in creating offensive opportunities up the ice and keeping the puck out of his own end than it is with like him tracking back and man-marking. As long as you're outscoring your opponents, no big deal. I think you can live with that. The second line is where I start to have some interesting thoughts. I think the first thing that I want to see is a line of like pro Dubois and maybe like a cop or an Appleton. You know, in lieu of having Blake Wheeler out wide, I think that this probably makes a lot of sense if you want to grind and pound your way through opponents, especially driving towards the net. I think one thing that Dubois kind of needs is to have possession of the puck when he's entering the zone and when he's driving towards, uh, you know, the central slot area. He's certainly happy to receive passes, but I think he's often best when he's allowed to just sort of use his big frame and his really good edge work to drive in towards the goalie and try to create offensive opportunities that way. 
having really creative players like Matthew Perot on his flank and then somebody who's very much a, an efficient net driving presence to clean up those rebound opportunities like Cop or, or in this case, Appleton, I, I think that that just makes a really good lineup choice. I also think that Appleton and Cop could easily help with a lot of the defensive issues that Dubois and Perot might encounter. Although Perot is very much good at like tracking back and trying to strip pucks from opposing skaters and stuff, so I don't really worry about his defensive impact, but I think having, you know, less work for Dubois allows him to open up his game a little bit more offensively, which is sort of what he really thrives on. On your third line, I think you could do a couple of different things. I would personally be fine with like a Harkins, Stastny, and then one of Cop or Appleton as your, you know, two wings on either side of Stastny. I think Paul is better down the middle, especially if you give him more offensively creative wingers or guys who also really like to drive the net in the case of a Cop or an Appleton. I think either of those guys would be fine out wide, and then Stastny can handle a lot of the distribution down the center. Stastny as a wing certainly hasn't been ineffective at all. I think he's been very good, especially with Wheeler and some of the other guys, but I, I wouldn't mind him getting moved back towards his best role, which is down the middle. Your fourth line, I think you could also do a couple of things. Um, you know, Lowry with whoever you want to play on the fourth line doesn't really matter. You know, Thompson and Lewis as your wingers, I think that that's fine. As long as you have Lowry as like a really stabilizing forechecking defensive presence, I think that that really works out. Once Wheeler is back, you can then shift one of the third line wingers back to the fourth in this case of like, you know, a... Uh, a Harkins or someone in that in that vein and, and put Wheeler on the flank with either of Cop or Appleton and then Paul Stastny. So you have a lot of options. I think that that versatility gives you some really good lineup selections. I try to give ideas that I think Paul Maurice would actually be more okay with. Ideally, I think Connor gets more like third line minutes where he can be more of an effective finisher and has to worry less about defensive stuff because let's be honest, his D impact is not so great. But Mo also sort of views him as like a really indispensable first or second line forward, so I also can understand why he's not going to get those sorts of deployments. And in that in that light, I, I, I do get it. I just wouldn't go that route. But I tried to make the lineups at least sort of realistic, relatively speaking. The D pairings, you more or less know my thoughts on those already, so I'm just going to skip those for now. Um, certainly the goaltending isn't going to need to be changed either. Hellebuck and Bressois, they're fine as is. I would be curious to know how you would arrange the forwards because there are plenty of options, and if you have any creative ideas that you think I missed out on, be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For now, though, that will wrap up our hypothetical stuff. In just a little bit, we're going to take a look at some of the moose action from tonight's AHL game against the Belleville Senators. Hopefully I called them the Belleville Senators and not the Binghamton Senators earlier in the show. It always gets a little bit confusing because, like, now Binghamton is a different team with a different affiliate, and I'm so used to them being the, uh, the bingo sends, as it were. Before I tell you any of the AHL Baby Jets action, though, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag needs to be your one-stop shop for all your online betting needs. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, it's hard to know a safe and reliable place you can trust. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, international soccer, and so many other sports are all in full swing. Not into sports? No problem. BetOnline has your back with awards TV show and reality TV coverage. All backed by real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Whether you want to place a bet on the next Stanley Cup champion, or who you think is getting voted off your favorite reality TV show, next. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds you need to make the most informed bets every single time. It truly is your one-stop shop for all your online betting needs. And getting started couldn't be easier. Go to BetOnline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device, and when you register for a free account, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. 
Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on Manitoba's game against the Belleville Senators. Just as the Jets played the adult Senators a few days ago, Winnipeg has also had the junior Jets playing the baby Sens. So, uh, a bit of an interesting game. You know, Manitoba this year has struggled to create offense and really finish on these chances. In tonight's game, it was a little bit of a different story. For the most part, I felt like the Moose were were dangerous on a lot of rush chances and some really good, uh, you know, low slot opportunities, but I think the biggest issue with this team is they suddenly lost several of their starters, especially at forward. You know, Veselainen's not there, Gustafson was out, Dylan Sandberg was out, so I just feel like a lot of the goal scoring and offensive prowess that that team has really relied upon over the past several games suddenly just vanishes. The funny thing is, Manitoba definitely outshot and outcreated Belleville by a pretty fair margin. I mean, the the shot clock was, like, stupidly heavily leaning towards Manitoba. The biggest problem was that a lot of the shots, even when they were dangerous, weren't coming from the right guys. You'd be hoping for better finishers to be taking these opportunities, but unfortunately, you know, guys like Perfetti and some of the other top scorers on the team weren't always the ones being the trigger men. I'll say that for Perfetti, I thought he had a pretty bright game. He was in really good scoring areas. I felt like his positioning was good. His shot attempts and and selection were pretty good. Sometimes he would just slightly get bumped off the puck, or maybe he would miss that opportunity or whiff or something. He was very close to having, you know, one to two goals tonight, so I feel like overall Perfetti was, was almost there, but not quite. The rest of the team I thought was all right. The defense was pretty active for the most part. Jonathan Kovacevic was really heavily involved inside the offensive zone. Declan Chisholm had some decent point shots and a couple of good passes, but I think one thing I didn't like as much was that a lot of the defenders didn't, you know, look for a better passing option down low instead of taking a a point shot, which, you know, is, is something that the Jets often do. I feel like the Moose probably could benefit from getting much closer towards, in this case, the, the netminder and Gustafson. Gus was very good in net for the uh, Belleville Sens, and I feel like if you want to start to score against them, you have to get down low and create chaos, which, you know, the Moose did a lot of. I, I just felt like they didn't quite have the, the great scoring opportunities that they were looking for, especially off of the rebound opportunities and stuff. Nathan Todd didn't really get any scoring chances that I felt were particularly great. Um, he was sort of neutralized on a lot of the rush counters that he was trying to create. Perfetti, like I said, missed on a few opportunities, and then the power plays, they they sort of struggled. Manitoba got tons of uh, 5v4 time tonight. Unfortunately, they just really struggled to either find consistent rhythm, or when they were on, Gustafson answered a lot of the best shots, or they wasted opportunities on, like, point shots and stuff. Again, if you've seen enough of the Winnipeg Jets, you sort of get the idea. It's a very similar trend across both teams, which is kind of funny. I feel like the Moose without, you know, guys like Veselainen and and Sandberg and some of these other players, they just didn't seem as dangerous somehow. They had the right spots and positioning, but just not people with great finishing instincts. And so Manitoba ended up losing 3-2 to two on some, like, really frustrating counters and stuff. The Sens, frankly, didn't do a whole lot, but ended up scoring and winning anyways because of some unfortunate sequences where Manitoba got caught pressing really high and all of a sudden a 2-on-1 or something developed the other way and Bairdine didn't end up making the exact kind of save that you would hope for. So, all in all, just a bit of a frustrating outing. I feel like some of the kids I thought were, were pretty good. Big congratulations to Peter Krieger recording his first ever pro goal, so very big moment for him. I'm sure he's super excited. We always appreciate these standout milestones for some of our younger players and some of the guys who have come through different professional systems. 
All in all, though, as far as the rest of the game is concerned, a bit disappointing all told. I, I felt like Manitoba probably deserved a better fate, didn't quite get it, so... On to the next, as it were. Hopefully the Moose are able to stop this four-game losing streak and uh, on the fifth opportunity, win a game and, and maybe get a little bit more of a morale boost. On tomorrow's episode, we will turn our attention back to the adult-sized Jets with a few more thoughts on their game against the Montreal Canadiens. Hopefully, you know, gold stars on this one. For tonight's episode, though, that will do it. Uh, before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS league. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!